0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
1: Canada. Welcome inside another Wednesday edition of GTC. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Today, Mark Sacchino. Bob, I believe he's traveling back. I know last night he was in Amsterdam for Coldplay. Did you see that video he posted on the socials? Yeah, I social? saw that. Wow,
2: I wow. did see that. That was pretty cool. I mean, what a way to go. You gotta go, get a, go a long way to get a ticket to see Coldplay because they sell out pretty quickly, so... They do they they do sell
1: out very quickly i it 's on my bucket list for sure. I, I think I played his clip about four times that ninety second uh, video that Mark posted anyway. He was celebrating mrs golf talk canada 's birthday also shares a birthday with my little niece, Poppy, so I thought that was a pretty cool little back and forth there, so anyway, uh, the z man will be back. Very nice. I, next week, I, I think he'll be back with us, I'm pretty sure. He'll be back on Canadian soil. We'll find out anyway, but I'm pretty sure he's back uh, next week. This is the Wednesday before the Open Championship. This time tomorrow, we'll be halfway through the opening round of the final men's major of the season. And throughout today's show, we're going to be previewing the event, the betting odds, the favorites, dark horses. We'll look at the forecast, the two Canadians in the field. Michael Harrison's going to join the show a little later on to talk about how he is betting this week. Some first-round leader bets, long shots, that sort of thing. Plus, NHLer Claude Giroux going to stop by as he is playing in this week's PGA Tour Canada Ottawa Open as a sponsor's exemption. And I know he's looking forward to to teeing it up this weekend it's not very often we have nhlers on golf talk canada well probably never actually so it's good to have a good clod on the show a little <laughs> later on plus we'll have an all-time open championship edition of winners weird and what before we get to all that though let's start with some news and some headlines
0: news and headlines are brought to you by sandbagger hard seltzer sandbagger everybody knows one
1: so, wanted to start with this and just get this out of the way. We know PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan took a leave due to health concerns, but uh, he is back and he has been speaking allegedly with some players via text. And before we discuss uh, what has gone on and any sort of latest rumblings and news, John Rahm had some interesting comments about his relationship with Jay Monahan and about if he still
3: trusts him. Let's hear from John Rahm. My opinion of him, uh, well, there's been obviously big changes for all of us, right? Uh, first, I would like to say, you know, I did get a text from him, but I haven't been able to speak to him. And you know, I hope whatever he had wasn't too serious, and I hope him and his family are doing good and and his health is going is going back to normal. Um, I, wouldn't think, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's changed. You know, Jay has behaved so professionally and so well with me and my family. Uh, I've seen him stop to talk to my dad and my mom in a-, a few tournaments now, and, and he's been really good to my family. So in that sense, you know, he's a really good man. That's all I can say. Now, as it comes to uh, what he's been doing for us in the PJ Tour, I think he's done a fantastic job, right? Um, I would say it was unexpected uh, what happened right I think what the management of the PGA Tour the, the turn they took without us, us knowing was very unexpected but I still think he's he's been doing a good job and right now after that happened I only think it's fair to give them the right time to work things out I still think they have the best interest of the players at heart and Right. All we have right now, it's a framework agreement. It's an agreement to have an agreement. So we really don't have anything right now to be able to say or judge what they've done. Uh, he, that's all he lost I can your say. Trust? My trust? No. Okay. Again, he still has all this time to work this this agreement to basically prove that this was the right decision. Right. So uh, no, as in right now, no.
1: Interesting comments there from John Rahm. Of course, we heard some players speak uh, uh, in a different matter uh, before the Scottish Open, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Spieth being a couple of those guys. What did you make of everything Rahm just said, Bob?
2: Uh, well, it was a little different, obviously, than what we've heard from a lot of other players and a lot of rumors that we've heard. I mean, we've heard rumors of, the, of a, a move to, um, to relieve Jay Monaghan and other board members from there. Some of the uh, players perhaps doing a little uh, uh, behind-the-scenes talk amongst themselves to see whether they want to keep going. And a lot of players just sort of say they have to earn, Jay has to earn their trust back. So it was a little bit unusual to hear John Rom coming out on that side of it. I can see his point of view, and I think maybe now that things have had a little time to settle, we've had those Senate hearings, we've had a little bit more, information about what's going on that perhaps John Rahm's opinion isn't all that unique amongst the PGA Tour players in the locker room but it's still the he's still the first guy to sort of come out um, in favor of that and in favor of of uh, not being compensated after the fact he sort of said I had my choice to go to live I turned it down I stayed here so why should I be compensated Uh, those were very different and bold opinions but I think that uh, for John Rahm to come out and say them. They carry a bit of weight. You know, he's a, he's a big player in this in this organization and it'll be interesting to see if other players climb on that same train.
1: Yeah and good for him for being honest and not dancing around the question you mentioned his answer about being compensated. He gave a, a very a long answer and a truthful answer. He didn't dance around it didn't give a cliche. He told the truth. So anyway wanted to get that wanted to play that audio from from John Rahm. Many other players were speaking about the agreement to lead to an agreement, but uh, we've spoken at length about that on this show. We want to look at to the golf this week because it is, some would call it their most favorite viewing experience of the year that we get to wake up in the Eastern time zone. If you want to get up bright and early first tee shot, one thirty-five AM Eastern time, maybe you're still awake at that point. Maybe you're just getting, getting back from work, that sort of thing. Anyway, it all gets underway very, very early this morning and or coming up Tomorrow morning, I guess I should say. But one of the big storylines, obviously, is right now on FanDuel, we have co-betting favorites, Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler. Bob, for you, if you had to pick one, if you had to, are you going Scheffler or Rory to have a better week this week?
2: Well, I already have picked one. <laughs> That's true. And people will see that on on our uh, on. on- television version i i think rory is going to have a great week this week i really do and you you can make a case either way for both of these guys they're both exceptionally talented i just think rory has a little more experience in links golf i think rory is better at handling um the travails that will come i mean i thought uh scotty Scheffler had a great line in his press conference this week when he said anytime i see my ball going towards a bunker i get very nervous which is which is true Uh, And I just think that Rory is playing better, especially with the putter right now, as we saw in those final two holes at the Scottish Open. So I would take him, but I could easily see how somebody could make a case, perhaps you, (laughs) for Scotty Scheffler there you go
1: well before maybe we get my opinion on that i want to hear from rory mcelroy now we know rory didn't have a pre-tournament actual press conference he did cancel that but he did speak on the range on monday to the open media outlet let's hear a bit of that conversation with rory mcelroy
4: it feels like such a long time ago so you know you're trying to rekindle the memories and but yeah as, as i was Driving from the airport actually last night and sort of getting onto the whirl. And you did know, you celebrate it. last night? I uh, had a couple of glasses of wine. Yeah. Not, nothing red or white. Red. Okay. Yeah. Um, but nothing. Nothing too. Uh, too, nothing, crazy, yeah, really? nothing too crazy. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. But uh, yeah. So like, you know, pulling in here today. To, to, I haven't been here since 2014. So yeah. sort of just trying to get those memories back again. Try to refamiliarise myself with. The range and you know the clubhouse and the first tee and everything it's it's all all, all a bit spread out a little Mm. bit yeah but um but yeah it's 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 nice to come back anywhere you come come back where you've you've had success it's always a nice feeling making that birdie on the last hole it's just got to fill you with that extra bit of confidence it does absolutely um and if i get myself into a similar position this week i will certainly draw on what i did last week but you know as of right now I'm getting prepared for this tournament all that has to sort of be put on the back burner, and and I just have to focus on getting ready to to tee off on Thursday.
1: Rory McIlroy. He seems to be ready, seems to be ready to go. And I'm also on Rory ahead of Scheffler this week, Bob. And you made this argument, I believe, both on TV and radio. It's the putter. And we saw at LACC, we saw at the Open last year, he had so many chances to, to make putts, didn't get it done. What does he do Sunday of the Scottish Open? Birdies, 17. That was a great tee shot into that par three, but made a pretty challenging putt. But the putt on 18... The 10-11-footer, straight downwind, Rory McIlroy made a bunch of putts on that Sunday. I believe that's going to be a huge factor for McIlroy. Now, he is the co-betting favorite with, of course, Scotty Scheffler. 18 consecutive worldwide finishes of T12 or better. This guy has been a machine. Can he keep it going this week? Let's hear from Scotty Scheffler during his pre-tournament press conference.
5: I'm not really sure where the radar is. <laughs> um, I, I do my best to not try and pay attention to things. I, I don't know if I'm under, above, on anybody's radar. I don't, I don't really try to pay attention to that stuff. I try to prepare for each event the same way. And um, Outside of last week, I think that was really the only tournament where my preparation was a little bit different, whereas I just tried to get as much rest as possible um, after, what was it, Travelers? I think I would played six out of seven with two of them being majors and being in contention in both of those majors. And by the time I got home, I was pretty wiped. And so um, I only hit balls a few times and played golf once in the, that off week, or those two off weeks. Um, got to spend some time with family and friends at home, and it was it was good. Definitely didn't practice as much as I typically would in my off weeks, um, but it was refreshing and um, it was a good reset going into the rest of the year. I mean, the one thing I've noticed about this golf course is anytime I'm hitting it Anytime my ball is going towards a bunker, I'm very nervous. <laughs> I, I'm just going to try and avoid the bunkers at all costs. I feel like at St. George's, a lot of the bunkers at least had a tiny bit of an upslope before you got to the, the wall face. And here, it seems like the faces of every bunker, it's almost a downslope going towards it. Um, I don't think that's something that I particularly like in a golf course. I think... Um, it doesn't reward the good shots as much. If you're closer to the green, you end up closer to the lip, and if you hit a worse shot and barely get into the bunker, you actually have a play. Um, so I'd prefer if there was a little bit of slope there, but that's what's so special about the majors. Every golf course is different, and it's a challenge, and I'm just going to do my best to stay out of them this week.
1: Well, that strategy certainly worked for Tiger Woods back in 2006 when he just laid up well short of the bunkers and relied on his long iron game. And as many have said, his former caddy Steve Williams, his former swing coach Hank Haney, saying that was the best iron performance in a week ever. Some have argued that. But for Scotty Scheffler, for a guy who has had so many close calls, is it just a matter of making one more putt per round or trying to stay as patient as possible given how –
2: Incredibly, how
1: incredibly consistent this run has been,
2: Bob? I think so. I think he said something in that same press conference where he talked about the fact that playing great as he has done and not winning as much as he did a year ago is something that he, you know, most people would say, well, that's pretty good. You've had a great year. You've got all these top tens. You've got all these top fives. You've got runner-ups and you've got, you know, some wins. But he said it's it's a little... Uh, I don't know if he used the word disappointing, but it's a little different than it was when he was winning so many times last year. And there is a difference between playing great and not winning and playing great and winning. And there is, you know, you can, you can hit the ball the exact same, make the same number of putts, uh, you know, a, play a great strategic round of golf or four rounds of golf and, and not win. And you still feel like you've left something somewhere along the way. So I think for Scotty Scheffler, it's just like, just keep going back and... Um, you know, there's an old saying my grandfather used to say, it said, you know, I walked along the street one day and saw a man hitting his head against the wall. And I said, why are you doing that? He said, because it feels really good when you stop. You know, but in this case, you just, gotta, you just gotta keep going. You just gotta keep hitting your head against the wall until you get through that wall. And I think that's for Scotty Scheffler. He knows that'll come, but maybe it won't. Maybe it'll come this week, maybe it won't. He's just, it's just an amazing stretch of golf he has played over the last two years. And, and you keep waiting for the wheels to maybe fall off, but they never do.
1: They never do. And, you know, maybe we saw that last year's tour championship, the big lead heading into the final round, the wheels sort of fell off there. But in terms of not like he's just stayed in the mix, he's just always sort of lurking, if you will, up the leaderboard. And if you see his name, top 20, whatever, after two rounds, you know, he's going to make a push come Saturday afternoon. So Rory and Scheffler. The co-betting favorites right now on Monday, they were plus 650 now, plus 700 on FanDuel. So they have lengthened ever so slightly. On the other side, we're going to hear from some major champions who have already won this year. John Rom Brooks Koepka, and we're also going to hear from the defending champion who was not a part of one of the feature groups this week. Oh-oh, Cam Smith. Will we see a lot of Cam Smith on network television? I'm sure, but if you want to stream him, watch a feature group you're not going to see a lot of Cam Smith. We'll discuss those three guys and much more next. This is our first Open Championship Preview
0: Edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the TP5 and 5X. Try it. What's the best that can happen? This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit JPSMGolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back to our first
1: leg of our GTC Open Championship Preview Show. Triple header across the TSN network on this lovely Wednesday here in the GTA. Blue skies, they are back. We're on from now till noon right here on TSN 1050. Then you can watch us 1 p.m. TSN 4 and 5, 4 p.m. on TSN Bob, I know you were tweeting out, um, you were really enjoying John Wood's little features on Golf Channel. I'm not sure if you've also seen, too, on the Open, their YouTube channel, they have a couple different streams going. They're essentially live streaming a whole practice round with Rory and Hovland, Tommy Fleetwood, too. Isn't it great to see this much coverage for us golf nerds, if you will, leading up to the uh, major championship (laughs) like this?
2: Yeah, it's great. I mean, you got to pass the time for those first 3 days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday when there's no golf. So, they're uh, they're doing some great stuff. The, you know, the Open Championship when you go over there, it's very different in terms of how the press operates and how they treat the press and it's different in a lot of different ways. I mean, everything from golf carts axes buggies as of course as they call them over there. But they do do some very innovative things over there, which is uh in some ways, you know, it's I won't say it's backwards, but it's different in that they're still really big with newspapers, like newspaper. You know, every every British guy reads like five newspapers every morning, and but but they have some cool stuff. In fact, I'm I'm you know I've got the TV on here now. They do a, they have a campground. You can you can camp very close to the Open Championship, and and that's where you stay. I ran into a couple of guys last time I was there. I ran into some folks from Canada who uh, just had their tent. and They were pitched about maybe two miles down the road, and uh, anyway. I'm I'm going off in different directions here, but, but it's just a very different, but a very innovative and a really cool, uh, a cool tournament to go to. And I think people, if you're a real golf fan, you should try to get to the open championship at least once in your life.
1: You got to add it to a bucket list. As you know, I was at the 2019 open championship at Royal Portrush as a fan. I was not there working. I was there as a fan. I did have some matching plus fours on too with my dad and yes we actually did get interviewed uh, by a local newspaper about why we were wearing that beautiful clothing may I add but anyway it was good to be at that open championship and it's going to be a great week this week too so we we heard from the two pre-tournament betting favorites Rory McIlroy Scotty Scheffler next on the betting book is John Rahm. Now, John Rahm had this unbelievable start to the season. Four wins highlighted by that victory at the Masters. It looked like it was going to be a Sunday duel between him and Brooks Kepka. Rahm ended up winning by four shots. Now, since then, he has been a little quiet, maybe, maybe a little bit under the radar. Before we discuss Rahm's chances this week, let's hear
3: from John Rahm. Obviously, um, an incredible feeling, right? There's this many reasons I could give you for that. Uh, to be the first one to win an open since Seve for Spain would be, be quite special. Uh, it's amazing to me that some of the great golfers we've had haven't been able to do it, and, and they've been close. But uh, it would be a true honor to get there, to to get to three majors, right? To be the second on the Spanish list, and then to. To be able to win at this golf course you know knowing the history of the players that have won here in the in the last few the last few times we've been it's uh you know be a great a great championship no matter who who wins it's going to be a great championship so i'm excited to get it going and it'll be absolutely amazing to be sitting back here on sunday John Rom plus twelve hundred right now on
1: FanDuel, the third shortest odds. Now Bob's best finish at the Open Championship came two years ago, right after winning the U.S. Open. He came T three at the twenty twenty one Open Championship. How do you like Rom's chances heading into this week?
2: I like John Rom's chances pretty much any time he tees it up, and you know we're talking about what a year he's had, and maybe he's a little quiet. He's only had you know the four wins. Now the last one, of course, came at the Masters. He hasn't won since the Masters. He did have a runner up at, uh, in Mexico, uh, and a top 10 at the U S open. It was sort of a backdoor top 10. He had a 65, I think it was in the last round. He, you know, he kind of wangled his way in there. So it wasn't ever really in contention. Um, but I think, I think once you have a, a season like he's had, and once you win the masters, it's easy for your focus to come off a little bit. I think you get a lot of opportunities to do things that you might not otherwise get to do. You're pulled this way a little bit, pulled that way a little bit. So maybe you get out of your rhythm, maybe you get out of your uh, normal routines a little bit. And so that could be something for John Rom. He also, you know, he hasn't played a ton um, really of late. So I think that's good for him. I think he's, he's you know, he's played enough, but I think when you look at um, at a guy coming in, whether he's fresh or whether he's not fresh, and maybe that's the reason why he took the week off last week. But I like his game. I, like, I mean, he's a powerful guy. He can, he can overpower golf courses, even on Lynx courses, which sometimes is not such a great thing to try and overpower them, a little more strategic. But uh, he's, a, he's a threat, and that's why he's up there at uh, the third shortest odds, as you pointed out.
1: Yeah, he talked about the, the break coming into this week as he has a very busy stretch of golf coming up all over the world, including at the in Spain to his, his homeland. Then of course the FedEx Cup playoffs. He wanted to take uh some time off here, and we, we know John Rahm. He's gotta be patient and, and that's something that we've that storyline's been played over and over and over again, how he's this fiery guy, and he seems to have tamed it down a little bit. We saw at the PGA championship. Took out a couple microphones. So that fire is still there with John Rahm. But if he can just reel it in and be cool, calm, and collected, I also like his chances this week. We'll have much more on Rom on our TS and edge picks a little later in the show. So Rom won the first major. Brooks Kepka won the second major of the season at the PGA Championship. We know all about his comeback story, how he battled through this pretty brutal lower body injury went over elected to go to live he took a lot of money going over to live he spoke at the masters about how maybe now that he's healthy he's back to where he is maybe he regrets that decision we saw the celebration tour after where brooks kepka really enjoyed himself we'll put it lightly for uh, the couple days whether it was the florida his peas game the florida panthers miami heat but now he's back he's ready for the open championship let's hear from brooks
4: kepka
6: no i feel like i'm playing just as good um Still feel pretty disciplined, um, focused. So um, games there. Uh, I've been practicing quite a bit. So we'll see how the week goes. And I mean, it's a
5: major, so I probably should be up for it.
2: You played a practice round with Zach yesterday. Yeah. Did that? How did that come about? And.
5: I uh, walked on
1: the first tee right behind Scotty. He didn't have a tee time, neither did I, and neither did Zach, and neither did Cam. So um, there was a good little wait, so we all played.
7: Ryder Cup discussions at all?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was fun. We get to talk about it a little bit, just what's going on, and um, I guess how the team's shaping up. It's It's kind of interesting. Just watching Brooks's face in the video version of that when he said, Yeah, you could sort of see the not terror in his eyes, but it was something it was you could tell he was a little sheepish about the question being asked. And certainly interesting how Kepka was playing a practice round with US Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson. Obviously they've known each other for a very long time. But Bob, for a guy like Kepka, he's never won the open championship, but he does have three top tens in his last four appearances at this tournament how do you like kepca's chances as he heads into this week's open championship
2: well you got to love uh, brooks anytime he's coming into a major because he just thrives on it as we know he eats them for breakfast and that's what he loves to do with with majors this is the one where i probably have uh less faith in him and not by much but than the other three because i think i think his game is built more for the north american style of i
1: think we just lost bob's connection there i think we'll we'll reconnect with bob uh, on the other side might be a bit of a a a wi-fi issue or that sort of thing yep that's what it certainly looks like okay on the other side we're going to continue our conversation with about brooks kapka we're going to hear from cam smith and we're going to get into a conversation about players who have not won a major yet looking for that first major title that's all coming up on the other side
0: This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories visit weathertech.ca.
1: Welcome back inside our Open Championship Preview Show. Scully and Weeks alongside Sakino back next week. Well, we were just talking about Brooks Kepka, and Major Brooks is back in a big way. Won his fifth career major championship back at the PGA Championship, his third Wanamaker Trophy. And Bob, you were talking all about how Maybe you don't think this kind of golf is best suited for Brooks and he's more suited to golf in North America. Expand on that if you will.
2: Uh you know, Brooks is kind of a power player and, and a guy who, you know, can just overpower a golf course in a lot of ways, and we've seen that. I I, I think of him at uh Beth Page Blackwing one and just you know hitting it in in ridiculous places. He's got a full range of golf. It's not like you know, it's not like he can't potter. he can't have a wedge play or something. But I do I I never kinda of think of a of a power player as winning the open championship. I think you need the full arsenal and, and power helps, but it's just sort of a weird scenario for me where I just don't think of Brooks Kepka's game matching up particularly well with that. So um but you know, he could prove us wrong very easily this week.
1: Yeah, I'm curious to uh, his caddy, Ricky Elliott. So when Kepka had his best finish at in his open championship career was at Royal Port Rush. Excuse me, which of course is where his caddy grew up right then and there. So we had quote unquote home course advantage. And actually a little behind the scenes story. I, I while I was there at Royal Port Rush after Kepka's first round, I did see Ricky Elliott double fisting beers. After the round, which I, I have a lot of respect for that at a, at a golf course. But anyway, I, I just wanted to include that little tidbit of something I saw behind the scenes. Brooks Kepka, right now, plus 1900 on FanDuel uh, to win yet again. And if he picked up his sixth career major, that would be quite a story uh, to wrap up the men's major season. Now, we wrapped up last year's men's major season with Cam Smith. Now, he won the 150th open championship that Sunday second nine at St. Andrews that putting display was remarkable to say the least he made so many great putts down the stretch and now he is back the mullet is back looking for claret jug number two let's hear from the defending open champion
4: yeah it's lovely to be back um I've been in the UK now for a few weeks uh the weather's been uh pretty interesting the last couple of weeks as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's nice to be back. I just had to hand back the trophy there. I, th- I, I thought I was going to do all right, but I was actually holding back some tears. So, um, yeah, bit of a bit of a moment, I guess, that crept up on me, but, yeah. You, you know you can win it back, right? <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Um, yeah, that's what I've been saying to all my mates. It'll only be a week and we'll be drinking out of it again, but uh, that's kind of... <laughs> You know, you never know. Sometimes you can play your best golf at major championships and, and you can run fourth or fifth. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's another week like last year and um, I'm back with the trophy.
1: We know Cam Smith really enjoyed his time at the Claret Jug. I don't know how many beers you could actually fit into the Claret Jug. We saw Brooks Koepka on one one of those live streams the night he won. I think it was like – it was at least 18 beers into the, into the Wanamaker trophy. But – You've before you actually get into Cam Smith, Cam Smith, the actual claret jug, Bob. It's not that big, like it's it's a tiny little trophy, isn't it?
2: It is, and uh, I've been lucky enough to hold it, and it's uh, it is not very big. It's maybe I don't know, f- foot and a half tall, eighteen inches if that. And I think I mean obviously it's a claret. It's it's meant to have wine in it, so you you put wine, but there's not a lot of room. You could probably put I don't know if you could get a bottle in there. Probably a bottle in there. I know the Wanamaker Trophy, by the way, holds thirty-four beers. Justin Thomas told me that, so um, it's a big, it's a great big bowl. You know, like the Wanamaker Trophy is a big one, so that's what he said, thirty-four beers. I don't know if that's true or where that came from, but that's that's probably he's got a better chance at figuring it out than I do. But in in any case, the claret jug is a famous, beautiful, cool little trophy, and um, it's uh, it's the one that everybody wants to hold at the end of the week, big or small.
1: It certainly has thirty four beers okay i 'm curious about that with the Maker trophy, but, like you mentioned, Justin Thomas, he would certainly know, so getting back to golf, Cam Smith won on live a couple of weeks ago. He seems to be trending now in the right direction. he was He spoke honestly heading into the masters, how he really took some time off over Christmas, over the start of the new year. He put his clubs away, he wanted to go back home to Australia, spend some time with friends, with family, celebrate what a remarkable season it was. Last year, even before going to live, of course, the record-setting performance in Hawaii, the Players' Championship, the Open Championship, all last year. But now that this guy is trending, how do you like Cam Smith heading into the Open this week?
2: I'm not sold on Cam Smith. I think reading between the lines and some of his press conference, there was a little bit of perhaps doubt, even though he came off a win. As you said, his last tournament on Live was a a win. Um, I don't know. He might... He might surprise us. He's he's such a good putter that really, if you can keep the ball out of the bunkers and get yourself on the greens, which is what he did in the last round last year, you know that's that's a formula for success around this golf course. He's so understated all the time too. You have a tough time reading him, and he's so laid back. I mean, he doesn't remember. You know, you can ask players about shots they hit four years ago. I remember the 2000 U.S. Open, Jack Nicklaus coming in and telling us about what clubs he hit in 1972 into certain holes so but but cam smith can't remember you know what he hit off the first tee a week earlier in the final round so he's sort of laid back and and easy going and i think he you you underestimate him at your peril
1: well right now according to the odds books fourth shortest odds to win to repeat plus 1600 for cam smith so the odds books believe on FanDuel that he is up for another good week. Cam Smith looking for major number two. Now, whenever we go into major championships, a big discussion is best player who hasn't won a major yet looking for that first career major title. Now, the first two major winners of 2023 both had already won majors in John Rahm and Brooks Kepka. Wyndham Clark really came not quite out of nowhere, given he won a, a month prior, but it was an unexpected win, put it that way, at the U.S. Open. And now heading into this week's Open Championship, a lot of discussion about players looking for that first career major. So I've, I've grouped these, Bob. I'm going to ask you two questions, one about non-Americans and one about American, Americans. So in terms of Europeans, we have Tommy Fleetwood on FanDuel plus 2,000 or 20-to-1, Victor Hovland plus 2,100, 21-to-1, Tyrell Hatton plus 2,600 or 26 to 1. Of those three guys, who do you think has the best chance to be holding that beautiful Claret Jug come Sunday afternoon?
2: I like Tommy Fleetwood right now. I mean, he's played some great golf of late. I think he's been uh, in the top six in the last three uh, national Opens that he's played, including the Canadian Open, where he lost the playoff, obviously, the U.S. Open and then the Scottish Open. He grew up about 15 miles from, from this golf course, so it's, it's sort of a home game for him. And I, I think that he's uh, proved that he can, obviously he knows live golf, but I think he's proved he can, he can get into the heat of the battle. He's been in, uh, you know, in the running in major championships before. So I, I think he, of those three right now, I think he's coming in with the hottest hand.
1: Coming in with the hottest hand for sure. And, you know, Victor Hovland's had some some good runs as of late too. Tyrrell Hatton, aside from a, a shaky third round at the Scottish Open, perhaps he could have been the one holding the trophy at the Scottish Open. He had a great front nine charge before faltering on the second nine. Tommy Fleetwood right now at plus 2,000. I should also mention on the other side, we're going to give our TSN edge picks for this week. But before we get there, uh, I mentioned Europeans looking for major number one. How about Americans? Ricky Fowler right now on FanDuel. He's plus 2,200. Those odds have obviously shortened. If if we had looked at Fowler's odds for the Open Championship four months ago, they would have been about 80 or 100 to 1. Now they're 22 to 1. So those have certainly shortened. We have Patrick Cantlay, who is plus 2,600. And then, of course, Xander Shoffley, plus plus twenty seven hundred. I'll ask you the same question, Bob. Of those three guys, are you going with the hot hand in Ricky Fowler to have the best week of those three guys looking for their first career major or any of the other two?
2: I'm going with Ricky Fowler. Uh, People may not remember this. They remember Rory McIlroy won this tournament at Royal Liverpool in 2014. Ricky Fowler was the runner up that year. And I think um, he has played people. People look at that win in Detroit where he won in the playoff and think oh yeah that was a great return but but really as you p- pointed out adam he's been playing great this whole year basically certainly the last uh the last six months and to see him come back to form i think is great he's proved he can play well in uh, in links golf before as well so i think he's had some good finishes outside that second place so i like his chances here not anything against the other two but i really do think that he's the guy built for the job
1: ricky fowler plus 2200 right now
2: uh he tied
1: the US Open uh, record or initially set the record uh, for that 62 in the first round that lasted about 12 minutes until Xander Shoffley matched that. Uh, (laughs) So Ricky Fowler, 62 at the US Open. Couldn't get it done, didn't quite have it to put it in his words for the final round. But one thing I found interesting, and I have to credit the stats guru of all stats gurus for this one, Justin Ray on Twitter. Patrick Canley is the only player only player to finish in the top 15 in each of the last five men's majors but he has never been closer than five shots off the lead entering the final round of a major so he's been there but he hasn't quite been there if that makes sense and one storyline i am looking forward to uh, we know brooks kepka and john rahm were playing behind cantlay uh, at can't remember who, and Hovland, I should say, at the Masters in the final round. We know Kepka is not really one to shy away from uh, his opinions, and he talked about how slow it was. Well, Brooks Kepka is playing with Patrick Cantlay and Hideki Matsuyama, two players not exactly known for fast pace of play. I'm not sure, Bob, if you remember back in 2019 at the Open Championship when J.B. Holmes was en route to his final round, 87, when Brooks Kepka was playing with him, and it looked like he wanted to Leave the golf course because it was taking such a long time. So you wonder how a guy like Kepka is going to deal with that pace of play.
2: Yeah, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't suffer fools lately. I mean, he's a guy who will show his displeasure one way or another. I'm sure he'll be respectful, but I do think he'll, he'll also be one of those guys who might be standing on the next tee while Cantley is still putting out on the previous green. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, you, you always wonder how they put these groups together. I know with the U.S. Open, they really have a kind of a theory and and they do try to group people in certain ways and uh they have certain traditions in terms of oh, past winners and things like that but i've never really figured out how the open championship does it and and uh, there's some interesting groupings out there for the first round on uh, on uh, thursday
1: and one of those interesting groups involves a canadian We're going to get into the Canadian story before we go to break here. Nick Taylor is playing with none other than Phil the Thrill with the sunglasses on in the rain and Adam Shank. Uh, So before we get into Nick Taylor, did you see Phil Mickelson had the sunglasses on in the rain? He had his name engraved into the side uh, of his glasses. Uh, I'm not sure, Bob, is that really necessary? Does Phil want to make sure that no one else steals his glasses sort of thing?
2: I was going to think maybe he, when he leaves them behind at the restaurant or something, he leaves them at the table and forgets forgets to take them home. Everyone knows whose they are. Uh, I'm sure that is a I'm sure that is he is getting rewarded some way, shape, or form for wearing those glasses and being there. And uh, yeah, do you notice he just had like he didn't have golf shoes on. He just had like running shoes on as he was walking around the first day. He just had a wedge and he was wasn't playing a full round. He was just kind of walking the course. He was with John Rahm, but. It didn't look like he was actually carrying a full bag or had a full bag of clubs there with him. It was just an unusual look for Phil. But then again, nothing that Phil does ever surprises us, does it?
1: whether he finishes tie for second at the Masters out of nowhere or wins at Kiowa Island at the PGA Championship a couple years ago or everything else that has happened off the golf course too. But getting back to the Canadians, so Nick Taylor is playing with Phil Mickelson. This will be a bit of a reunion of sorts from the 2020 AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am when they really went toe-to-toe in that final round. Nick Taylor came out on top. Yes, guy. So Taylor, 280-1. to 280 to 1 for Nick Taylor this week on FanDuel for a guy who won his National Open five, six weeks ago at the RBC Canadian Open, a host of top tens, a second in a designated event at the WM Phoenix Open. What do you think Nick Taylor has to do this week to get in the mix yet again?
2: Well, I think uh, the first thing he's got to get used to playing this tournament he's never been here this is his first appearance which I I must admit when I looked that up at the start of the week or early late last week I was sort of what he's never been there before so it was a little unusual to me I don't know what his experience is in playing links golf I'm sure he's played it somewhere over the years in terms of maybe as an amateur or uh, whatever but but I think there's a fast learning process to to doing that Nick's a sharp guy he's had a great year he's hitting the ball well so you know there's there's every reason to think that he might have a good week I don't know if I'll put him on my betting sheet as the winner but maybe a top 20 top 30 finish might be a good bet
1: he was t19 last week at the scottish open as well as canadian Corey connors who was also t19 last week at the scottish open and connors playing again this week he is 75 to 1 on FanDuel, and he is playing his first two rounds with billy horschel and alex Noren now Connors has more experience on the major stage on the big stage including at the PGA championship a couple of months ago when he held the lead for the majority of that Saturday third round how do you assess Connors as you head into this week
2: I like him he's got this this be his fourth appearance at the championship he had a tie for 15th a couple of years ago and I think that you know, one of the big things about about this golf tournament is you've got to be accurate off the tee, into the greens. You can't waver. Now, a lot of things play into that, like hard, bumpy ground, although the ground is not very firm at this, at this week's uh, course, just because of the moisture they've had. And some of the greens, you know, you can hit it in the right spot in the greens, but it can roll off and end up in a bunker somewhere. But I think the two things that I like about Corey are his accuracy, both with the driver and with the irons. And also his demeanor where he's just very kind of, you you never know if he's upset or he's happy or whatever, right? He's just kind of stoic and he's able to seemingly, at least before, until he gets into big moments, really throughout the day kind of doesn't go, go too high or go too low. And I think you need that in a major championship.
1: And you mentioned some of those numbers there for Connors. He's third on the PGA Tour in greens and regulation so far. 11th in strokes gain approach. 23rd in strokes gain total for Corey Connors, who's looking for a second victory of the season. In fact, both these players looking for their second victory of the season. And, of course, first career major championship on the other side we'll wrap up our one by making our tsn edge picks and you're going to want to follow what bob has to say because he is leading the way in a big way on our tsn edge leaderboard but i'm coming for you week see i'm coming for you for a victory hopefully this week this is golf talk Canada.
0: this segment of gtc presented by taylor was brought to you by weather tech canada canada's leader in automotive accessories This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today.
1: Wrapping up our one here on GTC, and as we always do, On Wednesday, we make our TSN Edge picks for that week's tournament. Now, Bob is leading our leaderboard. Mark is in second. Mark and Bob are both the same under par. Bob has two more wins. Now, I am stuck with four wins, but I got to tell you, I did pick Brooks Kepka to win the PGA championship. I might have to negotiate next year whether majors count as two wins on the leaderboard. Maybe <laughs> I can, you know, pl- ploy my way that way. In any case, I'm looking to make a move this week. It hasn't happened since then. Bob, you've picked some great winners this year. I got to say highlighted by Nick Taylor at 70-1 to pre-tournament to win that week at the RBC Canadian Open. Give us your three picks this week. For the open.
2: All right. Well, there are three guys that we've all talked about this morning, and uh, I'm going to start with Rory McIlroy, and it's interesting to see how the odds have changed since. Uh, so I, I do a little column online too called Bob Week's Pick Six, and it's interesting to see how the the numbers have moved around because Rory McIlroy was at plus six hundred when I wrote that on Monday, changing a little bit. But uh, coming in off that big motivational win at the Scottish Open and, and and the two big birdies at the last hole, and I said this last night on SportsCenter that. Clutch putting is something that we haven't seen from Rory in major championships. You go back to last year's open where he hit, he hit, um, all 18 greens in regulation mm-hmm. and two putted every single one of them, or even, even at the open championship, he, uh, the U S open last month, you know, he birdied the first hole and then played the next 17 holes in one over par. So to see those two go in when he needed them at a time that could give him a win, I think is motivationally it's huge. And uh, if you look at his recent form, last six starts inside the top 10. And then every stretch, every one of those tournaments, he has been positive in every strokes gain category all the way through, with the very exception of strokes gain around the re- green at the RBC Canadian Open, where he was just minimally in the negative. So that tells you just how good his game, all-around game is. And that's uh, the only th- question I have is, why hasn't he won more? But, but you can say the same thing with Scotty Scheffler, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Rory McIlroy, uh, your first pick. I, I,
1: I love that pick with Rory. I hope he does well this week for me. I'm going John Rahm. Uh, I wanted to pick one of the big three. Rom. I think it's just his time really, like we mentioned earlier, is coming in rested. I like the value there a little more too, a plus 1,200. I've seen him as high as plus 1,400 earlier in the week too, plus 1,200. John Rahm, he's my first pick. Who's your second pick?
2: Wow! First of all, that's those are good numbers for John Rahm when you yeah. think about that. <laughs> that's yeah, really good numbers. That might be something I look at before Ooh. the day is out. Uh, my second pick is Tommy Fleetwood, and and like Rory, you know, up to last, uh, with the exception of the Scottish Open, prior to that, the guy had done basically everything but win. He had a slow start to his season, but really kind of ramped it up. We know he lost the playoff to Nick Taylor at the Canadian Open, fifth at the U.S. Open. He was sixth last week at the Scottish Open. As we mentioned earlier in the show, this is essentially a home game for him. So it would kind of, if he was to win, obviously it would be a major and a little bit bigger stage, but it'd be kind of like Nick Taylor winning at the RBC Canadian Open. Um, with the exception of his wedge play, which has been a little hot and cold this year, it's, it's basically everything else in his bag looks pretty good. Uh, I like his demeanor as well. I think he's kind of a calm, cool, collected guy, he never gets too high, never gets too low, like we were saying uh, before about Cam Smith. But I do, I do like uh, Tommy's chances this week. Well, it's interesting, Bob, because I also like Tommy Fleetwood this
1: week for many of the same reasons you do. I, I, I've been looking at this guy for a while now. I almost picked him last week. I picked Tyrrell Hatton last week ahead of Fleetwood. I really like Tommy Fleetwood. and uh, The odds, 20 to 1, they, they seem a little low, perhaps, as a lot of people are on Fleetwood this week but I, uh, I do really like that number for Fleetwood so since we both like him I'll give you my third pick and that's Victor Hovland who has played well at the big events he was playing with Rory McElroy last year at that Open Championship he did well at the Players Championship he did well at the Masters played in the final group at the PGA Championship won the Memorial too I think Hovland's due to break out and win that first major who's your final pick
2: yeah, I mean, I like Holland too. He was, uh, I, I don't have him picked, but he remember last year playing in that last group with Rory yeah. and playing, he didn't have a great last round, but that's all right. He's in the last group, so he's doing something right. Uh, my last pick is Ricky Fowler. And, and we, I mentioned this earlier mm-hmm. in the show. Finished second here at Hoylake in, in 2014. Uh, three top six finishes at the Open Championship. He has eight top 10 finishes this year, including uh, four in his last six starts. He also has a bit of a more boring. Um, lower trajectory, which I think is going to be good. The wind is going to play a factor here. It's going to be strong. It's actually switching directions almost every day, so you have to be thinking about the wind as well. But I think he's got a good ball flight for Lynx Golf, and obviously he's uh, he's done well here, so that bears that out. There you go. Ricky Fowler, plus 2,200
1: right now on FanDuel. As for Mark, he has Scotty Scheffler. He also has Ricky Fowler, and he's going with Colin Morikawa, who's looking for his second career cleric jug and third career Major. That wraps up hour one here on GTC. Coming up to kick off hour two, an all time open championship edition of Winners Weird and What. That's coming up next.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to
1: hour two of GTC, the back nine on this lovely Wednesday morning. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks as we preview the Open Championship. Coming up a little later in the hour, Michael Harrison will be by to give us the betting perspective on the Open Championship. Some other bets like first round leader, how he thinks the Canadians will do his pick to win. Plus, we're going to go one-on-one with NHLer Claude Giroux as he prepares to play on PGA Tour Canada this week at the Ottawa Open. Fun conversation with Claude. Now, generally on Wednesdays, we don't do Winners Weird and What as we're previewing the tournament ahead. But we thought today... Why not? As you know, the Open Championship, this is the 151st edition of the tournament, so some crazy shenanigans have gone on over the years, and some historic moments, some fun moments, some emotional moments, as we'll get to. This is our Open Championship all-time edition of 3Dub, and this week, Bob,
7: you have the team.
2: So so what do I do, just aim for the pond?
7: No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water.
2: But you hit it into the water.
7: I know I hit it into the water.
2: Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there?
7: Because it's fun! We're having fun!
2: Look, it went further than your ball! You know, Adam, the Open Championship has perhaps the best chance for an unpredictable winner. More so than the other three major championships. I think the weather has something to do with it, I think the bounces and the bunkers and some of the um, things that get in the way of a good round lead to something like that. And the first Open Championship I covered was back in 2003 when Mike Weir was, was the reigning Masters Champion. And that year, and this is my winner by the way, that year, perhaps one of the most unpredictable winners of all time, his name was Ben Curtis. And Ben Curtis was one of the last players to get into the field and he was a graduate of Kent State, the alumni, one of those guys with Corey and Mac and uh, Pendy, and uh, coached by uh, Herb Page, the Canadian Golf Hall of Famer. And he um, came out of nowhere, more or less, I guess you'd say, to to win that championship. And to this day, I, I have never been more stunned or surprised at any major winner, all the way along the one. I've covered 89 major championships. Not one of them has stunned me more Than Ben Curtis. And of course, you looked at what happened to Thomas Bjorn in that bunker, uh, trying to get out of the bunker at at Royal St. George's on that one hole three times, I think it went Mm -hmm. uh, up on the green and finally got it out. And, And that basically was his tournament to win. But Ben Curtis was my winner because of just what he accomplished and where it came from.
1: Yeah, you know we've seen some unexpected winners, and Ben Curtis was one of them for sure. He he's had he had a pretty good PGA Tour career. After that, picked up a couple of victories later on in his career too. But that victory to kick off his career in a big way certainly one we'll never forget.
2: One of the interesting things about that too, there was you know there was betting back there back then, not like we have betting we have it like we have it now, I should say. But uh, there were only apparently two tickets on him, and I think one was by Ben's father, and then one was a guy who went in, sometimes in the bet shops, you, you put a number on it and you hand it to the guy and you say, I want to bet on number 24. And the guy had misread the form and uh, he got the ticket and he said, oh, well, I might as well take it anyway and keep it. And he kept it. And lucky guy that he did. There you go. Uh, my, my weird this week is at the Open Championships, one of the other things that happens quite frequently is you get a streaker on the 18th green. <laughs> and there are some famous shots of people streaking. And generally speaking, it's some sort of a promotion for something. A lot of times it's a, it's a online gambling place and they'll be written on the person's back. And every and it's the funniest thing is to see this naked person, a lot of times it's a woman, but the odd time it's a guy, running around and the, the, the security guards trying to catch them and tackle them and cover them up. So at the, the 2006 championship, which was here at Liverpool, this is what made me think of it, there was a streaker, it was a guy, he went racing around and they finally tackled him And there was kind of a a cordoned off media area just to the left, sorry, just to the right of the green. It was also sort of the exit past the the clubhouse. And the police came by with this guy. They now had a coat over him. And the police were yelling, no pictures, no pictures, no pictures as this naked man walked past or half naked at that point. Walk past us all, and if that wasn't the weirdest thing I've ever seen at a golf tournament, I'm not sure that I can think of anything that even comes close to that. That was something else.
1: Well, and there's that uh, experience, too, where Peter Jacobson went for the full tackle as well, right? That, that happened a couple of years. That's that right. happened earlier
2: at St.
1: Andrews, I think, right?
2: That was, I think it was at St. Andrews where the guy had a uh, – uh, an arrow pointing downwards and the words 19th hole written above it on his back. <laughs> anyway, we'll go no further with that one. And my uh, my, what is, uh, what a moment it was for Tom Watson to lose the four-hole playoff to Stewart Sink. You know, perhaps Peter Lahrie is the only other guy who is the le- least known guy for for winning the championship as opposed to the guy who lost it in Develd. But Stewart Sink won that championship. But I would think today that Tom Watson at age 59, if he had won that, that might have been the greatest sporting achievement I've ever seen. Certainly in golf, it was something else. At 59 years old, coming within a shot of winning the Open Championship. And what a moment that would have been. And that's why I use my what.
1: He was just it was one bounce away. He flushed that approach shot on the last hole, and it just took a bad bounce. And to go over the green, he, he elected to putt it, putted it probably seven feet past the hole. And that's when you could tell. The putt he hit to win the Open Championship – as he said afterwards, it was not good. And then he lost that four hole playoff by six shots where he really did look his age, unfortunately, but the best part of that, I'm not best part of that, but for Tom Watson to go into the press center afterwards and he could tell everyone was a little down. He said, boys, that, you know, this isn't a funeral, it's a golf tournament, but that would have been <laughs> right. a moment we'll never forget. It's too bad. It
2: didn't happen. All right, Adam. Well, now the tea is yours. 348
1: <laughs> oh man that is sweet all right bob my winner this week goes to 2006 we were also at Hoylake here at royal liverpool uh not the last time but two times ago when tiger woods had lost his father uh about two months earlier went on to miss the cut at the u.s open and showed up that week at the Open Championship, pulled out Driver in one of the practice rounds, saw it rolled into a bunker, and said, hmm. Maybe I'll try a two-iron. And that was really the theme of his week. Now, that golf course looked a lot different than the golf course we are going to see this week just because of the weather. A, because of the weather they've had over in that region. B, the weather they are going to have and continue to have in terms of rain. It looks like rain Friday, Saturday, and Sunday a lot of the day. But for Tiger Woods, he played that totally differently than basically everyone else in the field and just relied on his long game, his iron game. He holed out from 212 yards with a four iron uh, during Saturday's third round with Steve Williams. And the moment where he walked up the 18th fairway and he knew he had won the tournament. He had played that final round with Sergio Garcia, who was wearing all yellow, by the way, which is a look, to put it lightly but Tiger Woods walking up that 18th fairway taps in and that's when the emotion just came out of him and we hadn't seen Tiger in that light ever and we really haven't seen him in that light since I mean when he won the Masters in 2019 we saw him get emotional but he was sobbing on that green uh to his caddy Steve Williams to his then wife at the time too But overall, that display of ball striking that week, Bob, was something that was just simply remarkable.
2: Uh, I was there for that one. It was the hottest I've ever been at an Open Championship. I've covered Open Championships where I've had to wear a toque to do my reports, and I've had it where I've been in shorts, and that was the hottest I've ever been. And they had little, the course was baked brown, and they had little signs all over the place, please do not throw your cigarette butts down lit, because they were afraid they were going to have a fire, to be honest with you. And, uh, we were lucky that year we stayed in actually a hotel that had air conditioning. There's no air conditioning in hotels in the UK, but we did have that. But I do remember how, how hard it was. And that allowed Tiger to hit those irons and let them run all the way through. And, and what a display of, uh, I mean, that's probably the greatest iron display I've ever seen by any player at any, time at any course.
1: Yeah, it was certainly fun to watch, and that's something that I, I've I've watched some videos. You, you know me, I like to watch old golf videos or older golf videos, and sometimes I'll I'll throw that on, on the YouTube just to get inspired for a, a round of golf. Now, speaking of inspiration, this is where I go to my weird and Jordan Speed. When he won the 2017 Open Championship, that final round was one of the weirdest rounds we'll ever see when he misses the the 13th hole pulls out driver and Roger Maltby who on the time was on the call for NBC. I loved his reaction. Oh no, this is going right. This is going way right. And that thing missed the fairway by a hundred yards. Like this thing was going right. Now speed mentioned after the round, how he was trying to, he was trying to miss the fairway. He was trying to put it in the right rough just because of the the contours of the fairway, but it took speed about a month and a half to take a drop, uh, by the driving range, had to take a, a line of sight drop as well because it was right by some equipment trucks. And he made a remarkable bogey from there. What, is he, what does he do then? The next hole, a par three, nearly hoops it from 200 yards. The next hole, a par five, from about 55 feet, makes the eagle putt. And another weird part about this was the celebration after he made that eagle putt. Pointing and yelling, go get that, to his caddy Michael Greller. Uh, I think after the round, he was talking about how he was maybe hoping for a fist pump, some sort of big moment, but for some reason, Bob, go get it, came out of his mouth.
2: <laughs> that was the strangest, that, that whole predicament of where he was, where his ball was, and how long it took him. I remember poor Matt Kuchar, who he was playing with, was uh, pulled out a towel and was basically sitting in the fairway. It was just waiting it out. I mean, it was a long wait. It certainly was a
1: long wait, and John Wood was caddying for Matt Kuchar that week. He is a part of the broadcast team this week for NBC and Golf Channel. And my what this week, 1995, he's got a green Reebok sweater on and a mullet that makes Cam Smith puts Cam Smith to shame. John Daly walking up at St. Andrews. Looks like he's got it all wrapped up, and then the putt to force the playoff Rocco has done it Rocco has done it in the Valley of Sin (laughs) and John Daly anyway bounces back in a big way this guy's won two major championships John Daly and if you want to place a wager on him Bob just I just want to let you know on FanDuel right now he has the longest odds to win
2: at five 100-1. Hundred
1: to one. So I, I just want to know what are the that. what are
2: the odds of him? What are the odds of him finishing the tournament? That's Ooh. what I want to know. That, <laughs> that's, be, that, that would be that would be a
1: big one, yet. and that's a bit of a sore subject yeah. for our our next guest, Michael Harrison, in about fifteen minutes, as he is the biggest John Daly fan on the history of Earth. I think I'll be sure to ask him about John Daly then two well fun edition of winners weird and what looking back on some uh, open championship moments from the past bob thanks for your time this morning we'll see you thank you uh, on sports center over with speed golf i'll be back for that and three handicap where last week we had some close calls but this week this week's our week this week it's a major we're championship we're coming back in a big way bob thanks for your time we'll see you in a couple hours have a good day take care okay that is bob weeks at bob weeks tsn on the socials and fun to uh, talk with bob here for the first hour 15 of the show on the other side we're going to switch gears we're going to go one-on-one with claude Giroux of the ottawa senators as he prepares for this week's pga
0: tour canada stop at the ottawa open this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc was presented by picton mahoney asset management For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach georgian bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community visit cobble today welcome back
1: inside golf talk canada on the other side we're going to continue our open championship preview show with michael harrison as we look ahead uh, from the betting perspective of this week's open championship but now we're going to switch gears on pga tour canada this week it's the ottawa open And someone special has a sponsor's exemption for this week, Claude Giroux of the Ottawa Senators. Yes, the NHL player. He is going to tee it this week on PGA Tour Canada. And after this news was initially announced, I caught up with Claude all about how he is thinking and how he is going to prepare to play on PGA Tour Canada this week well it's not very often we welcome an nhl player to golf talk canada but here we are now pleased to be joined by claude Giroux from the ottawa senators who'll be playing in the ottawa open on pga tour canada claude welcome to golf talk canada hey adam how's it going really good thank you so how did this all come to be for you man to get a sponsor's exemption into the tournament
6: yeah so uh just one of my friend is uh uh is running the tournament and uh uh you know we had a few uh, a few talks together and i'm um, actually on the board of the the tournament also to kind of uh h- help out uh getting it going and um the process has been pretty pretty awesome We have a good group of guys to uh that's been working together and um the idea came up um and everybody kind of agreed that it might be a good idea so uh i- i wasn't against it i think uh i think it's Uh, It's going to be a great uh, a great experience. Okay. So the big question right now. How's the golf game? Uh, uh, I haven't played once since the the season ended. So I wouldn't even know what to tell you. But uh, starting next week, uh, I'm going to try to put some uh, a few good games together and uh, hit the range and um, just trying to be more more consistent in my game. Okay, so between
1: now and tournament time, are you going to reach out to a coach? Are you gonna, you know, try to, you know, hit the range three times a week, something like that? How are you going to fit it into your off-season NHL training
4: schedule?
6: Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, hockey training is pri- priority, but uh, I'm gonna try to play a little bit more games than uh, than last year. Last year, I only played maybe five, six games. Uh, I got two young boys, so it's uh, they 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 keep us pretty busy. Uh but this year I'm going to try to play a little bit more and uh try to feel comfortable with my swing and uh going to the tournament um you know I don't I, I don't expect much but uh I'm just excited about the rush and being able to have a lot of pressure in uh in uh in shots and people watching you too so um should be very interesting
1: Now, have you played in pro ams before
6: Yes I played in two pro ams uh one at the Canadian Open in Toronto and uh the LPGA, the one in Ottawa, uh last last summer. So th- those are really fun. There's a there's a few people watching you and get a chance to to kind of play with the pros. You can you can see why uh they're so much better than everybody else. Uh you know, they 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 rarely make mistakes and um I had a chance to play with Harry English on that one pro am and uh it's just impressive what they can do. It certainly is. Yeah, sure. they, they make it look easy. And you
1: mentioned the nerves. So you've played, you know, you've been in the NHL for years and I'm sure you've had different levels of nerves, whether it was a playoff game, in the Stanley cup final, or your first game in Ottawa or thousandth game, et cetera. But what can you anticipate stepping on the first tee at an event like this on PGA
6: tour Canada? Yeah, I think the first tee might be uh, the hardest one. I know you you're, you're it's be your first shot in front of other, other people watching you and, uh, try not to embarrass yourself too much. So, uh, but you know, when that first shot goes, I think ever the nerves goes down a bit, but I mean, when, when you play hockey, you play in front of 20,000 people, but, uh, you know, you have a little bit more co- uh, confidence and I have a little bit more confidence in hockey than, uh, th- than golf. So, uh, it's going to be a different, um, nerve that, uh, that's going to hit you. But, uh, I'm pretty excited about the, uh, to have those kind of feelings. Okay. Well throughout your NHL
1: career, you've had obviously many, many scouts look at you, talk about your game, give a scouting report to their fellow staff, put on your scouting hat, if you can, for your own golf game, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Where do you need to improve?
6: Uh, I think, I, I think my drives are pretty consistent. I hit, uh, hit a lot of fairways. That's why I stay out of trouble a lot, but uh you know my short game. That's definitely what uh, I'll need to focus on the next the next few months. Um, you know, you talk to anybody, uh, any any pro, they they say if you have a good short game, uh, that's that's how you stay away from your your double bogeys and and your triple bogeys. So um, I'll try to focus on that a little bit before the tournament starts.
1: You mentioned this earlier on that you're also the honorary chair for this event how special will that be for you to help spotlight a great tournament like
6: this on pga tour canada yeah we're very excited to have this tournament in ottawa and uh you know for me it's it's my first time being involved in in in, in a tournament like this and uh you know we're we're just all excited for to have all those great players come you know maybe we don't know the names but uh, when you see the talent uh that's when uh um that's what that that's what you're going to enjoy the tournament so uh I'm personally very excited to see those guys play yeah that's one
1: of the favorite things we do on Golf Talk Canada is getting to interview the winners on PGA Tour Canada because these are the stars that are next to come trying to be the next Corey Connors the next great big thing uh in the world of golf but for you since this announcement came out have you received any needling or chirps from teammates or maybe an over-under on on what kind of scores you might shoot
6: yeah, I mean I've I've had a few uh obviously teammates um uh I don't know there's a few guys but uh to be honest I've been pretty busy we've been moving I got the two boys and uh so it's all noise and uh, I got to practice for the tournaments cuz I know if I see some of my my buddies in the stands they're uh they're going to try to to put a little bit more pressure on me so uh I mean that's that's going to be the fun part of it
1: okay and maybe
6: more importantly do you have a caddy you picked out yet uh no not yet. Uh few options. Uh trying to figure out what the best option is for me. Uh go play with a few of my buddies before the tournament and see uh see who I play with and who who uh who I played uh my my best golf with and uh and then we'll go from there but uh I need somebody that need uh that knows all the rules. Well, it was a great first
1: season in Ottawa and I know you're excited for this tournament coming up in PGA Tour Canada. Thanks for spending
6: some time with us today thanks for having me Adam
1: action this week on PGA tour Canada coming up on the other side we're going back to previewing the open championship Michael Harrison going to join us to discuss the betting odds and some first round leader bets and some other wagers perhaps he has already placed or would recommend that you place
0: Harrison joins us next This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac, Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live.
1: Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here. We are near the end of our first leg of our triple header as we preview the Open Championship this week. We're on from now until noon right here at TSN 1050. Then you can watch us on TSN 4 and 5 at 1 p.m. and then 4 p.m. TSN to will chat then as well for much more on the open championship this week from a betting perspective after his glamorous debut last week on our show the man the myth the legend he is back Michael Harrison now joins us again on
7: Golf Talk Canada what is going on
1: how's
7: it going on thank you for having me back on again this is a uh, an honor to do this again and uh, can't wait to hopefully uh, give advice to bet on Tommy Fleetwood only for him to disappoint with a, a bad final round. I don't know why I went against my judgment. The fact that we all were on uh, Tommy Fleetwood probably should have told us that he wasn't going to win.
1: Well, I was not on Tommy Fleetwood last week. I was on Tyrrell oh, Hatton right. last week. But Z and Z both were also on Tommy Fleetwood. We'll have much more on Fleetwood, I'm sure, later in this conversation. But let, let's start there with last week. Uh, Rory McIlroy goes on to win the scottish open robert mcintyre back and forth from a from a betting perspective how did you follow that final round in terms of placing and looking at numbers as you headed into that day because i know it was actually hard to watch the live coverage of that tournament
7: yeah it's pretty crazy so uh last month's us open adam uh, we talked about I had said to you, Wyndham Clark would be a good uh, golfer to bet for the first-round lead. Not to win, <laughs> but for the first-round lead. Of course, I bet him for the first round. He doesn't get the first-round lead. Then, of course, he wins the tournament. So this, fast forward to last week, Robert McIntyre was a first-round bet of mine. And then I was like, okay, I can't make this mistake again, and I don't bet him to win. So I also bet him to win. So with two holes play, of course, he was winning by one shot. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is a decent sizable amount of money I might win here. But just in case he didn't win, I hedged on Rory McElroy, who was a shot behind, and, and the odds were, uh, I placed two separate bets on him at 8-1 to one that mm. McElroy would win, just to hedge against the fact that maybe, of course, Rory's an incredible player, you know, I should do that. So, as it turned out, obviously Rory did come back to win there. So, definitely, uh, I, I was saying to a former colleague of ours, Andrew, that uh, he wanted to place a bet, uh, at the start of the tournament, I said, Yes, but you also have to be following it deep into the tournament in the final round because I didn't bet Rory at all last week until two holes to play and because he was at one back with two to play two very difficult holes, you uh, I was able to make a recoup about half about a, about what a about half of the well, easy for me to say, but half of the money I would have won uh, on uh, Robert McIntyre there.
1: So, with two holes to play like you mentioned McIlroy needed to go birdie birdie
7: and you said his odds at that point were 8 to 1. Eight to one, and then uh, I think they realized, oh, maybe he might win. So then it was six to one, within like a minute of each other. But uh, yeah, so because of that, I mean, oh, that's only really helpful when you know, you know, you already have a uh, Robert McIntyre in, in the back pocket type of thing, that type of bet. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly for a player of his caliber, eight to one, it's a, you know, I figured he'd maybe birdie one of the last two holes and maybe win the playoff. Right. So right. That, that's certainly uh, for golf betting uh, if you bet outright winners. Very much. You can win tournaments with, like I said, within one, two holes left to play. It doesn't have to be at the start of the event that you bet on them.
1: Absolutely. It's, uh, it, it is it is interesting from time to time uh, with golf betting in terms of uh, pre-tournament, but once you get into the tournament, that's really when you got to take a, a focus into what is going on. Now, we spent a lot of time on this show. We've heard from both these guys, too. The two clear pre-tournament co-betting favorites right now on FanDuel at plus 700, we have Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler. Now, last week on during your first great appearance, I should add, on this show, uh, you mentioned that you spoke about not placing any bets on quote-unquote three-digit guys. So guys who are only have three digits in terms of their betting odds. So McElroy and Scheffler are in that category, the only two players at plus 700. So but what I want to ask you is if you had to pick one of these guys at that number, who would it be and why?
7: Well, I might have to disagree with you, Adam, about the whole great appearance. I mean, here I was giving <laughs> advice: they don't bet on a guy with uh, triple digits at betting odds, and then Rory McIlroy ended up winning the golf tournament. So maybe it was an absolutely putrid, good word uh, appearance. But to answer your question, uh, if I had to bet, I, I, I would say Scotty Scheffler actually, just oh. for the, just for the fact that he's been, you know, I know, uh, you know, everyone uh, is, you know, rightfully so, saying he's not been putting very, very well. But with, what was it, seven straight top five that he's had? Like, it's been ridiculous. He, uh, you can pretty much guarantee almost pretty well that he's going to be at least in the mix come Sunday. Whereas Rory McIlroy certainly, I mean, won last week. He's won here, of course, in 2014. But uh, it's, uh, give me the guy who pretty much I can almost guarantee will be in, in the mix uh, versus a guy who, might, you never know. Sometimes Rory and majors does some weird things.
1: And for scheffler too he has 18 official starts consecutively of t12 or better around the world you can make it 19 if you include the hero world challenge but that is technically technically not an official start so scotty scheffler is on the heater of all heaters but two wins only only i guess you could say so far during that Run. So we talk all about betting, obviously, with you on this show, and the first tee shot is going to be hit in approximately 14 hours. Of the bets you have placed so far, what is the favorite bet you've placed to date uh, for this week and, and that you would recommend to, to those listening to maybe place as well?
7: Well, a favorite bet I've made, and I, and I want to go back to the earlier in the show, Bob Weeks had on there, of course, and he sort of threw some shade at my favorite golfer, John Daly, and <laughs> saying, well, well, I would bet whether he'd even finish the tournament. And so I went right to the, right to the betting books to, to place a wager on, uh, top former champion, John Daly, and unfortunately he's not even on the betting book for that. I have okay. a feeling he's not going to do so well this week. <laughs> so I was joking with that, but, uh, yeah, honestly, it comes back to what I just said about Shepler. I mean, um, you know, not necessarily betting him to win because as we, I think we detailed last week that he's had all these close calls, but never hasn't won since the players championship. But for a top five, at 145 on a fan duel, you know, I know it's not sec- a lot of them, you know, it's not a sexy pick and it's not a lot of money you can win off of that, but I'm interested in winning money. And if I'm interested in winning money, that's a pretty safe bet. I don't know if you heard this stat, Adam, that, uh, Scheffler, uh the last time he was outside the top 12 was like week 7 of the NFL season <laughs> something ridiculous like that so well yeah, you know so, what? That's, it's that's, it's, that's it's so funny
1: Yeah. Sorry. It's so funny. You mentioned that. So when Scheffler, the last time he finished outside the top 12 was week seven of the NFL season, the Toronto Maple Leafs were in the midst of a road trip to California where they lost a number of games, including to San Jose, including to Anaheim on a Sunday evening, people were were calling for Sheldon Keefe to be fired. And the last time Scheffler finished outside the top 12, I hadn't started hosting sports center yet. So that's how long it's been,
7: Michael. Man, that's uh, that's wild. And uh, yeah, he's, He's a special player and even if the putter is even slightly lukewarm, I mean, you have to think he has a, clearly has a great, amazing chance. Uh, it sort of reminds me of that, of the, of a season Tiger Woods had, uh, yeah. I trying not remember the year, was it 2004? I, think, I want to say that Tiger Woods only won the once, but yep. he had, he wasn't playing well for his standards anyway. And, uh, but he was finishing second and third every single week, even though he, you know, in theory he wasn't playing super well. Very, very similar to Scheffler and like, the strokes game stats numbers are very similar to Tiger Woods in his prime years as well. Uh, stats, a uh, T to green anyway, obviously not on the green.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're uh, in conversation here with Michael Harrison as we look at some of the betting odds and some different bets you can place for this week's Open Championships. So we've spoken a little bit about outright winners, but one bet that will come to you a lot faster, obviously, is for first round. Leader, And that is uh, an interesting bet given that the weather, the forecast can change so often at the open. It looks right now, Michael, that the forecast is the best on Thursday in terms of sunshine. But for you, when looking, before you give me a player, how vital is it for you to look at the forecast of a tournament like this before actually placing a first round leader bet?
7: Well, certainly, you know, your day-to-day or week-to-week PGA Tour schedule, obviously, it's still important to look at that. But typically, it's not going to be crazy weather one way or the other. As you know, of course, Adam, at the Scottish Open last week and now the Open Championship this week, the weather can be drastically different. So, without question, you... you, and 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 I looked at...
1: I think we're losing some connection here. I think we're going to call Michael Harrison back here. I think we, we just lost a little uh, little cell connection there. But as Michael was talking about the first round leader, it's such a it's an interesting bet more for the the, the weather because you know it, it's it's all about the waves. If you get a bad wave in terms of morning, late, late, early, the, the forecast can switch on a dime. And as we're looking at right now, it looks like Thursday, seventeen and sunny. Is the high uh, for the Open Championship? I believe we have Michael back on the line. Michael, you're talking about the the uh, placing a first round leader bet with the weather on Thursday. Go ahead.
7: Yes, hopefully uh, I'm here to stay this time. I didn't think you wanted to get rid of me that quickly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, the weather is, is so key. But the, when it's a, slightly less windy the, for the morning players in the afternoon, so definitely I've targeted three guys. They've, uh, just for that reason. Like I said, it's not as crazy, drastic weather on a Thursday as it typically would be at the Open Championship. Uh, so pretty much everyone's really, you know, pretty much close to par in terms of how they'll score there. But, uh, the, the players I've looked at are Cameron Young at 50 to 1. Mm-hmm. I never like to bet that guy to win because he hasn't won on the PGA Tour yet, but he's always really close in majors. And of course, he was the runner up last year at St. Andrews. Fifty to one there. Bryson DeChambeau uh, sixty-five to one. Uh, he actually led the PGA Championship this year after the first round, and it was top ten after the first day of the U.S. Open. And then Louis Oosthavens, sort of completely forgotten. He was always there in majors, second and third for a number of years there, but hadn't won right uh, after the, winning the first one, of course, at uh, 2010. But Louis Oosthavens, a hundred to one to play good, uh, to play well for 18 holes. Sign me up for that every time.
1: Wow. And okay, I'm curious that Bryson bet too, because like you said, he led the PGA championship a couple months ago after day one. And he did well last year at the Open Championship at St. Andrews too. And he's played a little better. Uh, You know, people were all over me a little bit. I went on on a rant about Bryson. Uh, back around the masters when he was complaining about not getting world ranking points. And I said, Bryson just play better. You know what? He's played better since then. So good on Bryson. I like that long value too. Uh, another conversation. We always like to have going into major championships is guys who are looking for that first one to get the monkey off their back to win their first major championship. Wyndham Clark did that four weeks ago at the U S open for you. Who's someone you're looking at this week to pick up their first major championship
7: well it's certainly uh you know the open championship definitely provides uh, as bob leeks was saying uh an opportunity for players who might not necessarily be in the limelight uh, to sort of pick off a major you know a a la ben curtis still one of my favorite victories of all time in a major (laughs) uh in terms of the value anyway like uh sam burns won the match play this year and i find like he sort of he can pop up and then out of nowhere he'll be bad for a month or two type thing. But at fifty-five to one, I don't mind uh, him for those odds. But the sort of player I'm thinking I really like actually is at ninety-five to one in terms of the value. Anyway, Sung J. M. Now he's typically been better uh, at the Masters. That's definitely been his best major to date. But when I saw when I was looking at the board, and especially for players who would never uh, won a major yet, at ninety-five to one, that name definitely stuck out to me. Is, is that a name that uh, uh, interests you at all in, in that bet? Wow, that
1: that's someone. He's had a weird year, eh? I mean, I remember before the PGA Championship, he decided to go play an event overseas and come back. Like the Monday of, he looked totally out of sorts. It's been a strange stretch year for Sung Jae Im, who was like to play so. A lot of golf uh, throughout his entire career doesn't like taking many days off. But 95 to 1 for a guy like Sungjae, uh, I would call that intriguing. So that, that's a long shot pick. Uh, do you have anyone else you're looking at for maybe for a top 10 or just a long shot outright winner as we speak right
7: now? Well, certainly, uh, for the long shot outright, Jason Data at a hundred to one. I know since he won at the Byron Nelson, he's been sort of, he's missed some cuts and been kind of surprising, but Jason Data at a hundred to one, always intriguing just because it'd be fun to see him win too. Yeah. Uh, and then also, uh, as I mentioned, Bryson DeChambeau likely, I mean, realistically probably won't win, but plus 490 for a top 10. He, he has, like uh, as he said, he ended up finishing top five of the PGA, top 20 of the U.S. Open. Nothing worse than 11 to the last four live events. For top 10, plus 490 for Bryson, I'm down for that for sure, which means he'll probably miss the cut by 10. <laughs> I don't know about that. He's played well, like, like you said,
1: and he's a different Bryson DeChambeau than we saw. He's not the incredible bulk anymore. He's really leaned down. He still hits the ball a very long way, and for him, that flat stick is always uh, the make or break. Now, we are in Canada, obviously. There are two Canadians in the field right now, Corey Connors Nick Taylor as of last check Taylor as a lot of value at 280 to one Corey Connor 75 to one from a betting perspective, given both these guys have had good seasons, both guys have won this season. Who do you like more heading into the open?
7: Yeah, yeah, obviously I wanted to say like, Oh, go for the longer value on Nick Taylor plus at plus one forty. But I mean, uh, it's kind of crazy. He's never played the open championship before, which is just mind boggling. But Corey Connors at minus 200. I think you have to go. It's certainly the more safer bet. And obviously the, the, the value, you know, the the, the betting line uh, reflects that. But, uh, the, you know, this is, thankfully it's not the U.S. Open, which bizarrely Connors has never made the cut at the U.S. Open. It's super strange. But, uh, yeah, he certainly, I, I would say, like, as much as uh, you know, Nick Taylor can pop every so often, so it's good to bet on him sometimes to win. I don't think he has the chops to win uh, the, the Open Championship in his first try. But yeah, I was pretty much Corey Connors in that one, I think is the better bet, no doubt about it.
1: And you mentioned that minus 200. That's minus 200 to be low Canadian on FanDuel, correct?
7: Right, sir. Yes, yes. And I had to head to head betting. Corey Connors against Stednick Taylor, yeah.
1: Okay, cool. My, so that that's very, very interesting. Now, both players did finish T19 at last week's Scottish Open, so coming in with some good form, which is always, always important. Now, throughout the golf weeks, you know, we often uh, text back and forth, and, and there was an interesting stat that came out. Uh, That uh, I believe it might have been Justin Ray or someone else tweeted out that the last 13 champions of the Claret Jug finished outside the top 25 at the Open the year before. When you read this, did your eyes grow like saucers, and were you were you as shocked as I was?
7: (laughs) That has to be one of the that has to be like the craziest golf stat. Perhaps I mean I'm not prone to prone to hyperbole. That has to be the craziest golf stat of of all time. I mean that's insane. (laughs) 13 straight champions were worse than 25th the previous year. That's just mind-boggling. But if you're, I was looking at last year's results, a couple of players who were very interesting mm-hmm. that were just a shot outside of finishing the top 25 last year, Tony Finau, which uh, always a fun golfer to, uh, to watch play, and hopefully he can win. But more importantly, the player we were just talking about, Corey Connors, was a shot mm-hmm. at the top 25 last year. So if someone's uh, intrigued by that stat, Corey Connors. Wow. Um, might be kind of interesting there, eh? Yeah, very, very
1: interesting. Oh my goodness, that's uh, that's very compelling. Okay, Michael, we only have about thirty seconds left here. If you could pick one guy, who's your pick to win this week?
7: I'd say John Rom is amazing value. It's dropped a little bit, unfortunately, because I think people realize that at twelve to one. But Victor Hovland, I'd say, would be the one I would absolutely pick.
1: I think uh, we we both like Rom. We both like Victor Hovland. Uh, let's do this. Let's go for one of those guys, Michael. Great job again today, my man. Really appreciate your time. We'll uh, we'll talk to you uh, again hopefully very very soon. Good, and uh, let's go Hovland. Let's go Hobbs let's go Rom. That's Michael, the Hound Dog Harrison. Check out his tweets, his Instagram videos, all bets par off as he looks to help you, our audience, make a little dough. On the other side, we'll wrap up today's show and preview what's to come on TV. This is Golf
0: Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Golf Talk Canada. We are back
1: here. Thanks so much for joining us throughout today. Thanks to Bob Weeks for joining us. Thanks to Michael Harrison for joining us. Thanks to Claude Giroux for also joining us. Enjoy the Open Championship. Don't forget, we'll be back Monday, 10 a.m., TSN 1050 and TSN 2 for a full recap of the event. Thanks so much for joining us today. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts
0: in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.